Hello. Oh, Daniel Pereira. Well, for once I thought I'd be on time. There's already three or so of you here, three or four waiting. Seven. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, lots of cool news today. And while we wait for a couple more people to show up, I just thought I'll, uh, first of all, salute and thank you to all those of you that um, contributed to the Gasifier project. This is just a very cheap Tavernello. And when I say cheap, I mean a buck ninety-nine for the bottle. <laughs> but there's no accounting for taste, as they say. So um, that's what I like to drink. And uh, about five of you just dropped out because I think they were offended by the wine. But <laughs> you're back now. <laughs> Hello, Douglas. So. Um, uh, the other cool thing, while we wait for a couple more people to show up, is um, these are grapes from literally just outside our kitchen. That one plant that I told you guys about that um, grows just outside the kitchen, it like produces probably more grapes than the two lines of vines <laughs> I have down there because you know I was pretty much sick the whole of spring, so didn't do anything, couldn't clean it up. And uh, the thorn bushes, the brambles are taking over again. So these are our little grapes. Of course, this is uh, my tequila bottle, which I got this glass cutting device. And this was my very first attempt at making a glass out of a bottle that's very close to my heart. You're going to see it's not perfectly level, but it's all smoothed out and works for me. So just a reminder that... After I chew these grapes, oh by the way, you know how grappa is made? The leftover of the grapes after you make the wine, that's what's used to make grappa. So if I crunch enough of these, I can make my own little Italian grappa. And of course, hate and envy. He's just got fingers pointing to the booze. Uh, the good news, the great news today is that I've just checked on the time because I didn't want to lie about it. Um, so the, uh, the project for the gasifier, which is what I'm going to be talking about tonight mostly, but I mean, I'll answer all sorts of questions. So I started this Kickstarter for this gasifier and the picture that you saw on the preview of this video that's an actual tank running with gasifiers. And you know, if you Google gasifier and then go look at images, gasifier tank, gasifier truck, gasifier car, there's all sorts of things ran with gasifiers. Basically what a gasifier is, it replaces the petrol. So it's a kind of a complicated, fancy wood stove that replaces petrol because what happens when you burn wood it creates um, gases and all that a gasifier does it's a specialized wood stove that burns this wood in such a way that the gases that are produced go through a purification process through a radiator or a cooling mechanism and what you're left with is uh, clean glass gases that are flammable like hydrogen and so on and these you can connect directly to a carburetor of a generator 
or of any engine that runs on petrol. And I'm not sure whether a gasifier will run a diesel engine. I need to check on that. But I know it'll run anything that runs on petrol. So you put the gas directly into the carburetor, and that's that's what petrol does anyway. You, you know, you set the petrol on fire so that it moves the uh, the pistons, and when this gas catches fire in the carburetor, that it does exactly the same thing. It runs the engine. Um, so that's what the project is about: is building one of these things in a simple and effective a manner as possible. Because there is some information on the internet about gasifiers. There's guys that have done it, but this is the weird thing. This is like NASA saying, we lost the technology to go to the moon. During World War II, there was over a million of these things all over the place. There was millions of them running everything from like factory, machinery, generators for electricity to do all sorts of things with, and literally everything from a tank to a motorbike um, ran on gasifiers because obviously there were shortages of petrol. Refined petrol is you know, a pretty lengthy process to get there. But the gasifier, it's literally once you've built this kind of weird gas stove, you just shove wood in there or pretty much any organic material, as long as it's relatively dry or as long as you've built your gasifier in such a way as to dry the material as it works. So there's a, a burning chamber that burns the stuff and the stuff above it gets dried out as it keeps falling down. So it's sort of a self-feeding mechanism. And there's different types of gasifiers. There's like closed systems, open hoppers, so there's open ones with, like you just shove in the stuff with an open top, there's ones with like a closed top and so on. Um, that's why I did the Kickstarter, because believe it or not, although there was millions of these things running in World War II, um, there is not a single example, a single manual of a World War II model gasifier in existence. There's bits and pieces here and there, um, FEMA has got like a gasifier like document but these things are far from complete they're not easy to necessarily understand there's some guys that have done YouTube videos but again it's like you have to dig all these parts out and try and figure out what's going on much more importantly almost no one that I've I'm not aware of anybody that's um, given like good details on how you do a um, the connection to the carburetor and so on there's another really cool, important part of this, which is if you do a really big gasifier, they, the runoff, in other words, the impurities that you collect, tend to be petroleum-based stuff. So you could use that stuff also as some kind of biofuel, although you know that's going sort of beyond where, where we're talking now. But um, those of you that have suffered through um, the the Walking Dead series, the one with the, the black dude with the staff who thinks he's a ninja. There's like seven series of them or whatever. I've just forced myself to watch it out when I was sick. And um, there's a place where they, they've got this huge uh, manufacturing plant where they actually produce petrol. And it was kind of hard to understand what was going on. But now that I read up about gasifiers, it's quite clear that that's what was going on there. They were like shoving in coal and wood and the runoff of the stuff produced um, petrol. So gasifiers are really quite useful things and that's the aim of this project that we're going to build one that works. Oh, the other thing is if you do try and, you know, there are people that are like, oh, we'll sell you a gasifier. Yeah, and it's like 
tens of thousands of dollars because they're like really big ones. There's a company, funnily enough, based uh, three hours from me in Italy that um, produces uh, gasifiers of 20 to 30 kilowatts. They'll, they'll, they're now building one of 150 kilowatts and they're using these things. They sell them out to like places like Malawi and somewhere lost Africa, whatever. But um, anyway, we've achieved that. Um, so I'll just talk about that for a couple of minutes and then Q&As, fire out any questions you want. Um, the other thing is uh, because they, we, we blasted through the the goal, the first goal, we went through it in like, I think it's under four hours. I think it was three or four hours. I'm, I want to say four just to be on the earth on the side of caution, but I think it was probably more like three. Anyway, in four hours, we blew through the, um, the funding goal. And I think it's probably very close to getting to the, to the first stretch goal, which means that everybody who put in even just 20 bucks will get, um, both the videos and the PDF. So, the link to the Kickstarter page is down below in the in the in the sort of comments for it. Let me just quickly check where we are in terms of because I, I wanted to check just before I came on and I forgot. So, we are at oh yeah, I think we've probably hit the, I don't know why it converts it to, um, to pounds on my phone. You just hold on, quickly have a, a quick check, upload that. Um, yeah, okay, we're, we're less than 200 euros away from hitting stretch goal number one. So I'm pretty sure that will be done later today at some point. Um, and then the next stretch goal is like, 10 grand, but that is, um, you know, if, if we hit that, that's awesome. Um, and uh, it will be, if, if we hit that level, then we're going to send out, oh, by the way, these are the badges. Let me just show you guys. Because this was one of the things, it went so fast that these badges, these like SEO badges, which stands for Special Operations and Explorations. See, it's got like a little compass with like three pyramids. Um, there was only five of these because I, I ordered these a long time ago and I had them lying around, but then I gave them away to people and whatever. And uh, I've only got these five left. They went within the first hour. So I've just updated it. With, we've increased the stretch goal so that um, there's now another 45 of these coming. So the first 50 people will get this. And then if we get up to the 10 grand, we'll send one out to everybody that's put in, um, I think it's $100 or whatever each. Whatever you are in the world, we'll post it to you, no extra costs or anything. But anyway, the whole point is to build a small gasifier that will run a 2.3 kilowatt engine generator. Uh, the reason for that is because my house here runs on 3.3 kilowatts, the whole house. Now, even now, the whole house, if you, if you run all the appliances together, it'll trip. So, you know, 2.3 kilowatts, you can run a household. You just have to be careful not to put your kettle, your washing machine, and your electric oven on all at the same time. But it'll run your fridge, your lights, and whatever, you know, one other really draining um, piece of equipment quite comfortably. 
And the idea is that if you've got a gasifier um, that runs a 2.3 kilowatt generator, you know, you're going to um, be able to run your home. Now, the original goal was to hit 1,500, which we did, to build one, produce the PDFs and videos that we will give out to, to the people that have supported us. But if we hit stretch goal number one, which is what's happening now, we will also add in the connection to the house, to the mains of the house. That usually will require um, a professional electrician to come and help you do it, unless you know you want to take your life in your hands and risk burning down your house, killing yourself, and frying all the electrical equipment, which I may risk. But I know an electrician here. It's just he's very busy, so I don't know um, whether he'll be able to come the time I need him. But the idea is we're going to do that anyway. We're going to get um, an attachment so that the generator can feed directly into the main house. Which means that in a grid down situation, you can still run your, your whole house, which is pretty cool. Um, because it also means you can run your tools, which means you can build stuff that other people can't. You know, it's a huge advantage. Um, now, the cost of the gasifier, if you guys want to see the details of that, um, let me let me just quickly, uh, I'll post the link here on the, um, on the chat. That's the link that explains to you the breakdown of the costs and everything. And I'm being very uh, sort of pessimistic, if you like, with it because it turns out that the total cost, if you're going to build this from scratch, you don't have any tools, you don't have a generator, you don't have anything, it'll be under two grand. Two grand. But, um, you know, the tools that we're going to use, you might need a welding machine, but we're going to see whether, you know, we can build one without a welding machine, if that's easier or whatever. So you'll definitely need a drill, a little grinding machine, you know, like a, like a steel cutting you know, those little things with the disc, but a little one, you know, it doesn't need to be a huge grinding machine. Um, so a little disc cutter, a drill, probably a little welding machine. They go for under 200 euros here in, in Europe. Um, you know, odds and sods in terms of uh, whatever drill bits and protection, eye protection, stuff like that. Call it like, you know, I've said like 600 euro for that, but I think it's a lot less. You can probably get away with maybe, you know, if if you have to have the welder, you can probably get around with 400 euro, 400 dollars, something like that for tools. But if you already have that stuff, you already have it. And if you already have a generator, you already have it. A generator, 2.3 kilowatts goes for under, it's around 400 dollars, 400 euro. So if you already have a little generator, you already have the tools, you're looking at under a thousand bucks and I have assumed that you have to buy everything for that. I won't have to buy everything because if you're living on a farm or a homestead, you're going to have a bunch of scrap stuff lying around. Farmer Grady, hello, sir. You see, if you ask Farmer Grady, he'll tell you, he's got a bunch of stuff lying everywhere. Any farmer does. You just accumulate crap and you don't throw it away because you never know. And soon enough, you'll use it. So, um, that said, yeah, I'm really very pleased and, um, pleasantly surprised by how quickly this was funded. So I'm hoping that um, that will hit the, the big stretch goal so that we can send out badges to everybody, thank everyone, maybe send in a, a little little extra bit, you know, in case um, we can do that, we will if we can. Um, 
And that's basically it for the gasifier. One other little thing I wanted to tell you about is, you know, I keep telling you about the Kurgan health and safety stuff. So I've got this new mask that covers my whole face because um, I've been doing quite a lot of work on with like uh, plastic, steel, and um, this insulation that when you cut it, it just produces like really tiny particles of fiberglass or whatever it is. Shit, that's not good for your lungs. Anyway, but in doing that, um, this, I just want to say, this is the little cutting disc that I'm talking about. Now, you can see how you can see through that part, yeah? That's because it just came apart. You can see the bits here that you can see through. I don't know if it was old or what, but these are just little bits of stuff that just flew directly at my face and body and so on. And, uh, you know, this is, this is not uncommon. Um, I've had about four or five of these discs just disintegrate and fly bits of crap in my face at pretty high speed. So always wear your um, your full protection. You know, I sometimes take shortcuts. I advise no one copies me. When, when you're building these things, in the build videos, I'm going to try and be a bit more professional, you know, because it's Kickstarter. But, um, yeah, <laughs> it just could end up one of those videos where it's like, we meant to build the gasifier, but the explosion took out the whole homestead. <laughs> anyway, that's about it. I'm sure you're all bored numb about gasifiers. And if not, tell me, ask me questions while I have my wine. Oh, Wooly Ram says, needing a dry fuel source seems to be a real practical limiter on using a gasifier. Not at all. Um, Again, you have to be a little bit resourceful, but any farmer will tell you this. Your wood needs to be dry anyway. If you're going to use wood in a wood stove, in your chimney, whatever, if you try to start things up with wet wood, that's just no good. Um, if you're in a country where you can just leave the wood outside and it air dries, great. And if not, in an emergency, if you've got plenty of wood, shove the stuff in a drum and light a fire under it. It'll dry out, <laughs> you know. Um, what we did, we do here in, our, in, in my home in winter, we load up the, um, one of the, the, the crappy American stove. Um, now we've got a much better Italian one that runs the whole house. But there's still that one in the lounge. So we load up this wood stove and then we put the other bits of wood like on top of it. You have to be there and watch it. You, know, you're gonna, you have to be in the same room because if you're not, that stuff can catch fire when it's completely dry, you know, if it gets really hot. Literally can catch fire, but um, you know. So the even we had wood because again I was ill, so I didn't get all the wood that I would have done normally for winter. Um, and when we ran out of it, you know, I went out and cut wood, but it was wet because it was like in the snow and stuff. Um, and so it uh, it still worked. You know, we'd get in with some. We'd have a few pieces of dry wood. We'd light the fire with that. We'd put the wet wood on top of the stove. That would dry that wood. That wood would go in and so on. It was just a recurring circle. A bit choppy, hopefully come back. I was just saying that TVCL said that um, he thought the Kurganet was going to be medieval, but it looks like it's going to be steampunk. And yes, also, um, you know, there's things like you can manufacture black powder if you've got all the ingredients. And hey, there's all sorts of things you can do with black powder. <laughs> of course, 
that would be probably more for like my children's children because I think before we actually run out of proper ammunition that would have had to be a hell of a war <laughs> you know so I think there's plenty of ammo lying around now let's see um, Hello, Slanty Chauffeur Bear. Now, Farmer Grady. I, I enjoy Farmer Grady's comments. I'm going to look forward to this one. Looking forward to seeing how your gasifier project goes. All the garage projects I've seen online haven't gotten far, but they existed before. They can exist again. I'd sure like to have one. Well, Farmer Grady, I'm sure you have all the tools required. Throw 20 bucks at the, at the Kickstarter, and you, you're going to have all the details of how to build one. The whole idea of this was to build a gasifier that is as simple as possible, as easy to build as possible, as cheap as possible to build, and as reliable as possible. Gasifiers are not going to be easy to build. There's a lot of stuff that I need to learn about, you know, how much gas you need to, volume of gas you need to produce to be able to power a 2.3 kilowatt generator and so on. So there's a lot of um, details that are fuzzy, not really known. There's a bit of information from World War II, a bit of information from today, a bit of information from like guys that are building new modern versions of it. But even the, the new modern uh, versions that have been built in Italy and exported all over the world, they're very finicky. They've got like super automated controls for feeding the, the wood in. The, the wood has to be an exact sort of specific dimension of certain type of, of size. And that's not what we want. You know, we, we want to pretty much try and build a gasifier that you can throw in any old crap, light it up, and it runs you, your generator. Now, the, the main problem with that is going to be the purification, because whatever wood you burn is going to have some uh, you know, impurities in it. And if the stuff doesn't get filtered out, then it ends up in your engine, and eventually it will seize your engine. Like You'll have to take your engine apart, clean it out, and everything. And you want to try and avoid doing that if you can. So. Um, we're going to try and build the best gasifier that we can. But that's why we've got the three different levels. You know, the, the first level is just to build a gasifier. The second one is to hook it up to your, car, to your house. And the third, uh, the second level, the $10,000 level, if we hit that one, we're going to try and make sure that we can standardize everything as much as possible. So using, because, you know, you can use, you can build a gasifier with like old gas bottles, all sorts of things. There's people that have built them with ammo boxes and stuff. Um, but we want to build one that's functioning, that is the, the easiest, simplest, and, and most efficient, which means we're going to have to do test runs. We're going to have to try different things and see what works best. Some of the volumes are not known. Some of the, uh, how you constrict into the heating chamber, you know, whatever, a bunch of technical stuff. Let me not bore you guys today. Uh, those of you that are interested, the link for the Kickstarter is below. Just go there, throw me at least 20 bucks, and you'll get all the plans and videos and so on. Um, and, uh, yeah, I hope it's going to be... I, I know it's going to be tough to build this thing, but I also hope it's going to be kind of fun because there's, there's quite a lot of skills that you have to learn to build one or, or that I'll have to learn, hopefully. The whole point of this is that once I've done this I can put it together for you in a way that's like almost idiot proof you know it's like an idiot's guide to building a gasifier that's the idea anyway
And these badges, if you click on the badge on the Kickstarter thing, it will take you to the Adventure Science thing. If you go on the Adventure Science thing and you click on SOE projects, that's what SOE is about. It's um, Adventure Science is a term that I pretty much stole from uh, Atomic Robo, but, um, which is a pretty cool comic book. The creators of it are complete SJWs, but um, Atomic Robo is a very funny comic book. Henry Martin. Hello, Henry. Glad I've got my old badge on bag out bag A, bag, out bag B, and C will have to remain badgeless for now. Yeah, thanks for telling me that. You know what's been disturbing me? I bought this bag. I'll show you that. I bought this thing, and I even did a video for it for Amazon because it's a very cool bag. But the only thing is on the Amazon video, I said, oh, SWAT, that stands for sit, wait, act tough. And because of that, Amazon didn't do the review video. They, they wouldn't put it up. But now that you've given me that idea, I can use this as target practice or something. And um, yeah, put uh, probably one of my badges on there. Yes. <laughs> you know, the, the adventure science thing is something that I... Um, I really wanted to put together, but then you know how my life goes. So it got, I, I didn't chase it, I didn't market it, I didn't push it. But it's still something I'd like to do at some point. Although I'll need somebody else to run the the background paperwork of it, that sort of thing. Basically, what adventure science would be is a group, a loose group of um, of people around the world that do pro <coughs> projects and produce the. Um, their results and their method and whatever they put up a paper real science um, that is repeatable so that other people can look at it and you know they they, they can build whatever or they can test the, the, the results and the idea is that it's a proper scientific community you don't do this for money or whatever you're doing it because you want to help people and you want to be a scientist about it and um, of course, if some some things become commercially viable, then why not? You know, why shouldn't you benefit from it? But the idea is to share information. It's kind of like an open source for scientific projects and weird projects like, you know, gasifier projects. Or maybe the next step, trying to create energy out of the ether. <laughs> so uh, we'll see whether that gets off the ground. Pharma Grady says, to dry feedstock, one could set up the engine exhaust to heat a steel box. You put the stuff in. Yeah, th there are gasifiers that are designed exactly like that. In fact, there are gasifiers where the burn happens below the material that you put on stock. So as it burns, it, because it's, a, it's an oxygen-poor environment, it won't burn the stuff that's above it because the, also the air comes in only from below. So... It feeds directly into the little burn chamber and so the, the wood stuff keeps falling into this burn chamber as it burns out the ash falls through the bottom and the gases go back up sometimes back even through the same wood that that is uh, is being the fuel and sort of thing well isn't the, the gas gonna catch fire if it goes to the wood it doesn't you go you send it through there then you send it through a a purifying process, a radiator, that sort of thing, 
another filter, whatever, and um, and eventually out the side where you uh, light it up. Yeah, Wally Ramps' rule of internet hiccups, yeah, indeed. TVC, PPE is important, but HAS on site makes you want to say fuck you and slam a nail gun into your naked flesh. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I concur. <laughs> PPE is important. Um, oh, here's here's a, a little example. You see that little cut there on the on the knuckle? Um, I was busy building a a workbench basically in the shed and you know as usual I'm rushing whatever and I forgot to put my glove back on while I'm you know drilling something in and as I went near a piece of the the, the, the wood sides a splinter went in and I could feel it you know when your whole body goes like oh there's a foreign body inside me it's like ah oh, that's not just like under the skin but anyway I finished doing what I was doing for about an hour and then I came up and I was like okay I need to cut this out with a razor blade and like a, a needle, like tweezers, but I can't do it because it's my right hand and I only had my left hand and I, I needed to both push it at the same time and like kind of grab it. So I called the wife and I said, listen, can you just, you know, do this? And she was like kind of being gingerly about it. And I'm like, no, you need to just squeeze the crap out of there so I can get it with the with the splinter, you know, with the tweezers. And eventually I got it and I pulled out like a, a splinter that was only about that long, you know, less than an inch. But it was straight into my hand, you know, it was like straight in. When I pulled it out, she freaked. She was like, oh my God. She was like, what the hell is that? Oh, you, you poor thing. I thought it was just like a little splinter. It's like, yeah, no, it's been there a little while. But that's just from a silly thing of not putting your glove back on. Um, and then, you know, there are other things like the, the lathe, which I still need to set up because I'm waiting for the electrician to come to set the lights and whatever. But in a lathe, um, they, they tell you not to wear gloves because if your glove gets caught in a lathe, it's just whoosh, there goes your hand next to the glove and the glove will come out the other side but your hand probably won't look quite as neat. That's also why they stopped building uh, overalls out of Teflon. Good old cotton overalls are best because gets caught in a machine and it's just, oh, you rip off a piece. Teflon, it's great, doesn't break, durable. Gets caught in a machine, comes out the other side, no problem. Unfortunately, the guy inside it, not quite the same as Teflon. Hello, Michael. Ebrad02, first time catching you live. I feel like you have already been a big help as I pull myself out of a bad place. Thank you and God bless. Elbrad02, you're most welcome. And look, I don't know what you've seen on my work, but if you're um, in doubt, I suggest get Believe. Go to Amazon, Google my name, Giuseppe Filotto, and buy Believe. It's like 9.99 it's like ten dollars two hour read very short book but that book has got like over a hundred people more than a hundred now like converting to um sedevacantism proper catholicism which if you told me you know 10 years ago that i was going to be a hardcore catholic i would have laughed in your face and told you that even if i had underwent three lobotomies that was never going to happen but here i am remember I didn't say I'm a good Catholic. I said I'm a hardcore Catholic. Willie Ram, any estimation on how much wood it would take to power a three kilowatt house for winter? Oh, yes. Let me try and think if I can remember that. It's, I 
think, I don't want to lie to you, I might be lying to you, but I think one kilo of wood in a proper gasifier will give you about, I think it's one kilowatt or maybe a little bit more. I can't remember. I don't want to lie, so I'm going to err on the side of caution. I think one kilo of wood will give you, let's say, 0.75 of a kilowatt. So if you've got five kilos of wood, five times 0.75, my brain is melted. Let's see if I can just do this on the calculator because I don't want to think. Five times 0.75. There you go, that's 3.75. So five kilos of wood should run a 3.3 kilowatt house for at least an hour. Um, so if you're running, you know, whatever the... It depends what you mean by a house, because we're talking about electricity here, but you're not going to heat your house with electricity in a grid-down scenario. You're going to use a wood stove like I am. Um, my wood stove has a 50-watt pump, so you know I'd use the generator to run the pump, because 50 watts is like nothing. Um, to run all the lights and the fridge, um, so let's say you're running the fridge semi-constantly again depends you know where you are if you're in a very hot place you want to run your fridge all the time but then you probably only leave the fridge on at night you know you don't need all the lights and all that we've got lanterns oil lanterns so um my main thing would be the fridge in winter i mean in, in summer and um in winter would be lights mostly and you know the fridge still but again, in winter here it snows, so you know if it gets bad, I can just put stuff in an icebox outside. Um, so you know how much is winter? You know, let's say you have like four months of really cold weather that you want to keep your lights on and so on. So you're not going to be running your house at 3.3 kilowatts the whole time. So five kilos will probably run you three hours if you're running one kilowatts. If you've just got all the lights on in the fridge can probably do you know five hours on five kilos something like that so if you're running it for 12 hours a day now let's see you're running at 24 hours a day so let's see so 24 times 5 times 120 days let's say you're looking at 14 tons of wood now that sounds like a lot it isn't um, I've got like literally tons of wood lying on the ground. These are like trees that are not just dead, but have fallen over. <laughs> I've got tons of them. Um, anybody that's got like a few acres, you know, a few hectares will be able to, to do that. But again, you know, grid down scenario, you're not going to want to like run everything all at once. You're going to do what you need to do um, as quickly and as, as you know, conservatively as possible. We had a scrappy American stove and that's all we had for the, the, the first um, two winters really. And that's the only thing I had to heat the house. And that was using up two big bucketfuls of wood every day. I was probably burning 30-40 kilos of wood a, a, a night comfortably. And, you know, we've got wood to spare. I've got more wood than I know what to do with. You know, I'm only on five hectares, which is not huge. It's about 10 acres. 
um, with more than 10 acres. So there's people out there that have got like hundreds of hectares, you know. And even if you only have like one acre, it doesn't have to be the wood from your place. You know, you can get pallets, you can get wood from all sorts. You know, if you need be, you can cycle <laughs> to the nearest forest, pick up the wood and cycle back. Um, you know, in Africa, that you see these like ladies with like huge baskets on their head filled with wood, you know, because every day they have to like, they don't have electricity and they don't have gasifiers. So you're going to do what you need to do, you know. Any way to store excess hydrogen? Dan says, yes, funny that you should ask. There's actually a picture, um, I don't know, I don't know that I know how to show you guys pictures. Let's see, what is that? Duplicate current screen, new group. Um, I have to learn how to use this program. There's, um, there's definitely a way I can shove images in here, but there's this picture of a car with like a little Zeppelin on top of it. So it's like, it's running the car and it's capturing hydrogen in this little blimp. Um, I don't know whether to make the car lighter or whether to sell the hydrogen later or something. But yes, you're a man after my own heart down in Georgia. You get a gasifier. You don't run your house with it. You build a Zeppelin. And you guys are not going to believe this, but about 10 years ago, I drew up plans for building an airship. That can carry two people and about 50 60 kilos of, of equipment and the reason that i designed this was because an airship could go to places that maybe you're not supposed to go to or that are very difficult to get to by normal means um it's doable I probably need about a million bucks to like fund it, the, the initial thing because you need a warehouse to do it in. But I, I've got my scrapbooks where I've detailed how to do this. And I was measuring weights, volumes, lift. And, um, and that, that was assuming that I was going to use helium, which is the preferred method because hydrogen is so dangerous. Now, yes, hydrogen is dangerous because you don't want some idiot lighting a cigarette in your Zeppelin. But... Zeppelins worked for like a long time, you know, for like decades. Did you know that they had airships that were so big that they had planes attached to them, biplanes, that would like detach from the airship, fly out, do their mission, and then come back and hook back up onto the airship? I know, they were like aircraft carriers. Why do we not have this now? Imagine how cool that world would be, where you've got like these huge airships that just gently move through the world with like you know battle airships with like little biplanes attached to them we can do it boys and girls maybe when i'm an old man i'll see that and if not me my kids or their kids we just have to get rid of you know the things that are in our way salute Michael P says, I suspect the biggest hurdle for a compact gasifier would be the gas purification. Would it be at all feasible to add some sort of filter to catch the larger suit? Yes, of course. Um, yeah, 
you do both. You have a physical filter and a, a radiator as well. You, you, you try to do both all the time. Um, you know, these are things that we're going to have to figure out. And uh, like I said, hopefully we'll do whatever mistakes we need to make in order to get to the, the place we want to be. Hello, Pedro Rocha. Hello, Jake Blakemer. Douglas Jones says, I'm all about this idea and keeping it global will help fight censorship. Yes, of course. Um, you know, the whole point of this is I'm not doing the, uh, the, the Kickstarter to, like, become a millionaire or anything. I want little communities of people like us, people like the Kurganet. First of all, I want all the cities to join the Kurganet and come here. But, you know, people that are the same mindset that we are, to be able to have that stuff, if they want to go off-grid or if they need to off-grid or if they emergency have to go off-grid. Willy Ram says, I knew a guy who had bits of shrapnel stuck in his face. He never got them removed, as the doctor the army sent him to was a mouthy leftist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Michael P says you can hypothetically use a gasifier as the stove. Yes, you can. Just need to modify it a little bit. Indeed, there are gasifiers are like there's an infinite way to number of ways to use them. Like I said, you can literally run and have people have run everything from tanks to motorcycles. You can use it to run the engine, the the, the generators that will run a factory, a manufacturing factory. They did this in World War II. I'm not just making this up, you know, look it up, don't believe me. Um, you can use them as, as also a stove for cooking, for heating your home. You know, there's, imagine you have your gasifier running a little, gen tiny generator that runs your pump, that runs all your heating water around your house. You know, these are like more advanced things obviously, and. You know, we're just trying to go for the basic, simple thing that runs a generator. But we'll see, you know. We have, um, we definitely have plans if this kicks off in a big way. Um, we've got a warehouse right next to us that I think I can use if I just speak to the owner. And we could start manufacturing this or making kits, maybe. Um, you know, obviously that's a much bigger investment. We'd need to set up a proper workshop, a proper whatever. But if there's enough interest, why not? And then you don't even have to build yours. You can just order the stuff and we'll ship it out to you wherever you are. Assuming the apocalypse doesn't hit first. So I suggest you, you at least get the manual and the video so you can do it yourself. Um, Michael P says it would heat up the house, but someone would be dreadful if you were using electricity. Yeah. You, you can build more than one gasifier. You know, the, the idea of this is to have the gasifier outside, powering the house to a mains link that is from the outside to the inside. Um, I have a, a wood stove that'll heat the whole house separately that doesn't have anything to do with a gasifier. Um, it's a stove and an oven, so you can cook on it. You can, you have an oven in it. It heats the whole house. It heats all the radiators in the whole house, so it's, it's great. Uh, Believe is a book that I need to read. I will buy it very soon. I also really appreciate your advice about leveling it up as a person on the spectrum. Again, thank you and all hail the Kurgan. You're most welcome, El Brad. Honestly, you know, don't put off for tomorrow what you can do today. $10, $10 you can scrape it up from somewhere. Um, it's it's worth doing because it's, um, like I said, it's, it's helped a lot of people. 
um, that's the best advice I can give you right now. And of course, yeah, watch the other videos. You know, there's like, I don't know what, what you know, what got you down, but I'm, I'm assuming you're maybe quite a young guy. Maybe you're single. Maybe the whole um, Corona thing has uh, got you down and the other stuff that's coming. I don't know what the situation is, but I can guarantee you that uh, figuring out the reality connected to real Catholicism is, you know, I was, I was always a tough-minded guy. I was never sort of like somebody to like give up or quit or anything. But honestly, the difference between me before and me now is that first I'm a lot calmer, a lot easier going. I know. <laughs> you guys didn't want to know me when I was in my 20s. But secondly, there is... Um, there is a complete lack of, almost a complete lack of worry or anything like that. Um, the difference, I, I would, I would say it's like fighting in no man's land with, like, you don't have a side. You're just in no man's land where everybody's shooting. There's bullets flying all over. There's craters everywhere. You can like eat a rat now and then and sleep in a crater from a, a mortar that like lets you like shelter from the shrapnel that's flying all around you. Living like that, and then choosing a side, being in a trench having food, water, friends, a little place to sleep that's protected from the bombs. It, it's a game changer, complete game changer in every respect. And then from there, you get everything else just sort of comes to you. Um, it's hard to explain, but I've done videos on this, on prayer. Just look for the titles of my videos. They're pretty self-explanatory. I know we're at 267, but you know it only takes you a few minutes to read the, the titles of the videos. There's one on prayer, there's one on getting a, a good wife, there's one on women in general. So have a read. I'm sure there's stuff there that's a bit helpful for most people. Pedro Rocha says, if you have storage problems for the wood, you can convert it to charcoal while extracting a little bit of combustible capacity, but reducing volume and weight significantly. Yes, Pedro, the, I don't have problem with storage of wood. Um, in fact, there's an area between the chalet and the shed, which is covered in crap. I mean, there's everything in there, like bits of crap that the old owner left, ladders. It's just, it's starting to look like, um, you know, my neighbor, the guy who died, he used to call like his place, like, un campo santo. You know, it's, it's a field of the saints, which is from a book about, you know, the, if you don't know what the field of the saints is, uh, I'm too much in my cups to explain it. <laughs> no, just Google it. <laughs> Yes, then, Zeppelin aircraft carriers. Who here does not wish that we lived in a world where instead of having supersonic flight, we'd have Zeppelin aircraft carriers and anti-gravity machines? Of course, if you've got the anti-gravity machines, you don't need the Zeppelin, but, you know, never mind. I'm almost, almost willing to give up the anti-gravity machines if we just had zeppelins, just these huge whales in the sky, just gently glowing and going. It's no advertising, okay? If you had a zeppelin, if you had a blimp with like advertising on the side, that would be reason for you to shoot tracer ammo directly at it so that the hydrogen does catch fire. And that should be a law. <laughs> Pedro Rocha says, charcoal is also good to filter impurities uh, from the syngas made by the gasifier. Yes, it is, due to its surface area. 
It also burns more consistently and hotter, so it can be very well tuned in the gasifier. Yes, it can. Very good. Um, Michael P says, always loved the idea of engineering an airship. Not a lot of funding, though. Maybe that'll be my next Kickstarter. You know, once I have a few million followers, you all throw in a buck. I'll do it. Pedro Rocha says, Boeing has better large zeppelins to transport cargo to remote regions where no roads reach. I don't know if they have finished them, but I saw the plans and it was really nice. Yes, they've been talking about that for decades. I don't believe they're, they're going. Douglas says, airships? Oh, hell yes. Now, Douglas is my man. Douglas, I'm hoping, will soon come to the Kurganit. And then we can sit around this small table drinking cognac Figuring out our plans for world domination by Zeppelin Air Forces. I think you know that that's the future, boys. <laughs> the idea that everyone would die from Zeppelins exploding, etc. is all propaganda. World governments, most of the US, intentionally kept people away from helium and forced them to use more dangerous gas. The thing is, if you... Helium is limited. There's a limited amount of helium on the planet. Um, I don't know, maybe you can build it in some kind of like nuclear reactor or cold fusion. I, I don't know. You know, I haven't looked into the helium thing enough. Oh, excuse me while there's a wasp here that is over an inch long and fat. And these guys, if you get stung by them, you're in trouble. So I'm going to try and uh, Islam it away. Ah, come on. I can't see, he's in the light. <laughs> Wounded it. Got it. Sorry, dude, but it was you and me, and it was you. There you go. Now you can say that you've got a uh, live stream of the Kurgan in his underpants swatting a wasp, along with building the gasifier. What more do you want from life? And Zeppelins. You got it all. This is the live stream. <laughs> Ah, then they blow the accidents way out of proportion to scare people away from it. Yeah, I don't think in the... That Zeppelin that blew up, I'm, I'm not even sure that everyone on it even died. Uh, I need to look it up, I don't know. Wooly Ram says, what would you christen the first Zeppelin carrier of the Kurganet? That's a very good question. I, uh... I mean, are we just talking normal airship, standard Zeppelin? Or are we talking armored Zeppelin with cannons? You know, that makes a difference. Also, I'm thinking my Zeppelins would have a, a retractable mast, a mast that could come up or down depending on the wind conditions, that would unfurl a giant sail with a huge cross on it, like the Crusaders. I'd have to think on the name, but thanks, Wooly Ram. If I, if I ever get to build a Zeppelin, I'll, uh, I'll have to ponder that. Farmer Gradius has a battery that was used in the 1800s factories that has seemed to fall out of fashion. A stack of bricks lifted up a tower that runs a generator 
as it's lowered down may have a homestead use. A stack of bricks lifted up a tower that runs a generator as it's lowered down. I'm not sure I understand what that is, Farmer Grady, but if you've got a link or something, you'll put it in the chat or ping it to me. Rick Morris says, Zeppelin project. I'm in! <laughs> Look, I don't think that there is a man alive who is a man, male, yes, who wouldn't want airships. It's just unnatural for any normal human male to not want zeppelins would just be wrong. Hindenburger's Revenge. <laughs> Very good. I, I don't know. I, I have to give it some thought. This is a momentous occasion. It would be... Plus, you know, the prototype zeppelin would be... Um, the one I had designed, like I said, was for about two... It was actually for three people. Originally, it was for three people, but I had, I, and I even knew who these people were going to be. I mean, I was going to be one of them, obviously. A, another guy that was an interchangeable guy was about my same size, so quite heavy. But the third guy was a little dude who I know, who's um, this guy who's done films. He is, I don't know if you guys know, but I am a very famous uh, actor. I was in a full feature film called Kick. And for a brief time, I was actually the buddy double of the main serial killer, who is actually the, the hero, let's say, or the main protagonist. So I was the, uh, I was the main bad dude <laughs> for like a scene, a very short scene. And I was also in, in other bits of it. But um, anyway, the point is, um, I'd even gone down to measure the weight of the people involved, the kind of equipment we'd have to have, the camera equipment we'd have to have, so that I had a payload and then I worked out the size that the, um, the airship would have to be. And, you know, it was doable. It was very doable. And then I said, okay, but what, you know, because this was to go in a place where no one's sort of allowed to go. And um, it's about a thousand nautical miles away from any civilization. So if you screw things up, you're kind of dead. So... There were certain features of this airship, which was one that the gondola, you know, the area that you stay in, also had to double as a boat in case you crashed, landed over water. You could cut out the rest of the Zeppelin and you'd still have a boat. And um, another one of the things is that we'd have to have a spare tank of, of helium, of compressed helium, so that, you know, if there's any leaks or anything like that, you could at least refuel the thing up, patch it up and whatever and keep pumping um, the helium in it. It had, um, I think it was, I can't remember if it's, I think it was two. I think two uh, fans, you know, on both sides, so you could go like forward, like do one, slow the other one down. Uh, all with 12 volts sort of batteries to run the thing. I'd worked out the area of the fans, the weight of it. it was, honestly, I've, I've done a lot of work on this. <laughs> You, have, you people have no idea the number of dead ends I go down, you know. The reason I know so many strange things and you're like, oh, I wrote a book on the face of Mars, and then he wrote a book on, like, Sistema, the Russian martial art, and then he, he wrote a book on the Catholic Church. I mean, these are completely different topics, and uh, you have no idea how many dead ends I went down that it's like, oh, can't get any further, or like, oh, it turns out it's rubbish, or, or like the airship, just don't have the money to do it. I mean, 
you know, I'm just saying, if somebody were to like put a gun to Elon Musk's head and then he dies of a overdose or something, because apparently he's a meth head, I don't know, allegedly, but um, let's say he drops dead and leaves me in his will about a billion dollars, you have no idea the kind of crazy crap that I would invent, that I would build. There is a guy, um, I'm going to see if I can, oh, I just closed down that page actually. There is a guy, uh, I forgot his name, he's, um, he's quite famous on YouTube, he's got millions of views. Anyways, Ford paid him to build a hover bike. And this guy's a plumber, he's not an engineer or whatever. Now, he's got a shitload of money because he lives in England and he's got a little shed in England that's got like laser cutters, you know, art torches. He's got machinery that's worth probably over a hundred grand. So um, he built this hover bike, which I've been thinking about hover bikes since my late teens, early twenties, because where is it? Here it is. Here it is. Car Wars Compendium. Car Wars, brilliant little game. And in Car Wars, I designed flying bikes. Why? Because there was a game, a computer game, and I've never been much into computer games. I never had the time, even when I was like younger. But I can't remember the name of this, but I think it was... The, the company that did it, I think it had that like sort of scratch, almost looks like a animal scratch thing. I think it was called Black Thorn or Thorn, something like that, or the main guy was called Thorn. But anyway, he had this kind of like cop dude in like a brown leather jacket who had like a handgun, and he got onto this little hover bike and just flew off with it. That was like your character. And um, I just remember that was so cool. I want a hover bike. Well, this, this plumber guy, and he's done the YouTube video of it, he's built one. He's literally built one. Now, again, it's so light and, you know, barely gets him off the ground. And it's sort of like a skeleton type design. But how cool is that? I mean, if a plumber can build this thing in his backyard, admittedly, it was funded by Ford, so he had the money to do it. You're telling me I can't build a, an airship? You're telling me I can't build an armada of armored airships with cannons and Gatling guns on them? Oh, I can. I could. I just need the money. Or gold. Or, you know, slaves. I'm, I'm flexible. You know, whatever it takes, I'm, I'm easy. If you guys can provide the funds or whatever. Uh, let's see. That was kill was epic. <laughs> Oh, let me get, let me show you guys because you, you won't believe me otherwise. Oh, he's he's actually okay. This is gonna sound like I'm just making crap up. He's actually shrunk because when they die, they like kind of go back onto themselves. So there you go. Uh, for I don't know. Here's the the badge for sort of size. I mentioned they kind of give you an idea but they're they're bigger when they're alive when they die they just like curl up onto themselves and fatter as well because I, I squished pretty much everything out of it so well 
sorry dude, but had to had to be done. Wally Rams is exploring the pyramids of South America on a privately owned airship sponsored by the Adventure Scientist Association. Indeed, indeed, and not just those. There are little pyramids in places that you've never heard of, that can't be gotten to, that no one knows how to explain. And what's more, the little pyramids have roads that go into the ocean. That's where I wanted to go. Still might do it one day. Michael P says, is it converting the energy from the stack of bricks on a pulley and downwards forces moving some gears? It can work, but the problem is putting bricks up the tower. Danny in Georgia says, too fat to be on meth, probably addicted to Pringles. <laughs> hey, people switch drugs apparently, you know, I don't know, maybe he was on meth first and now he's like, I mean, he's Got billions, right? So you can probably be on meth and eat a whole bunch of carbs. I don't know how it works. Colin Furs, Pedro Rocha. Thank you very much, sir. Colin Furs, indeed. The guy's got millions of views and he does like some crazy stuff. And, you know, when I posted about the Gasifier project on Social Galactics, some, some guy was like, oh, here's a link to Colin Furs, who's like built a Gasifier to like run his lawnmower. I'm like, dude, that's got nothing to do with what I'm trying to do here. I'm trying to build a gasifier that almost anybody can put together. If you go and look at the video about the gasifier this guy built to run his lawnmower, he gets sheet metal, cuts it out with a laser cutter machine, all by CAD, runs it through a metal roller that folds it into a, you know, into a column that he then welds shut. I mean, it's like, dude, why? Why don't you just go and buy a piece of tube or a can you know it's like like a buck so that guy is impressed I mean he does some very cool stuff and he's built a bunker in his like backyard in London in England or whatever he is which is is cool you know and I'm not taking anything away from the man he's he's obviously a genial guy and I'm, I'm sure it'd be a lot of fun to have drinks with but um, that's not within reach of the of the average dude you know the average man it's not Got another thing flying around there. Isn't it a wasp? Really? Ugh, maybe it's. I'm, I'm just gonna pretend you're a moth because you're kind of a smaller wasp. So, just leave me alone. Um, I don't actually. I I hate wasps because those fuckers and me. We've we've got history, but you know, ones in Italy have only stung me once so far, and that uh, was a nest in the shed which I didn't see. Stepped in, and uh, one of them zapped me in the back of the head. But yeah, he, their whole nest didn't survive that experience. So, Douglas Jones says, now we're adding a mission of exploration with the almost certain possibility of serious injury of death and an airship. This is just getting better. I know, I know. Listen, listen, Douglas. This was my plan. Build the airship to go to this remote location where it's, I think, illegal to go and no one's been there for ages where there are these little pyramids that were there whenever first people arrived there in an area that has got no trees and is too small to support any human life. And these little pyramids that are built there were there when people first discovered this area, which means they had to be done in prehistoric times. And the pyramids 
even on Google Earth, you can see they've got a little road going down into the ocean, which nobody talks about except people like me who like look at this stuff. The nearest place with human beings on it is about a thousand nautical miles away. And uh, you get lost out there, no one's going to find you. So, yeah, airship, at least a minimum of a thousand nautical miles one way, because you've got to come back, in an airship, which, you know, if you get a storm, hey, who knows where you're going to end up, right? Your little fans, not little, I had pretty big ones because I wanted to be sure that it could, like, go pretty quick. I even worked out the speed, which I can't remember now, how many knots, because a, um, a boat can go like five to seven knots, like a sailing boat, like really fast ones will go like 10 or 12 or whatever, but they're like, you know, millions of bucks and like they've got a specialized crew. And I was like, well, can we get 10 knots out of this thing? Because like, let's see, you know, 900 miles, 10 knots, that'll be like 90 hours, which is day and night if you do shifts you know it's like four or five days there four or five days back that's 10 days you need 10 days of food but hey we can survive on building and water and the water maybe we could just get from the ocean if we just filter it so we don't have more weight <laughs> you know the, these are the kind of things that like I, I was working out so I, I know it sounds insane I, I know that but look if I don't make it to a very old age and, you know, I don't die in a blaze of glory somehow, and I manage to put half of the crap that I've done in a book, I mean, my, my kids and their kids, they will have an interesting read, if nothing else, right? I mean, just my dad's book, The Life and Death in Africa, which, by the way, I recommend to all of you. I don't... I can't remember if I have a copy downstairs or if I gave it to somebody. It's called Life and Death in Africa, same name as me, Giuseppe Filotto. It's got Piero in the middle. Uh, buy that book. If you're into adventure and like crazy stories, all of which are 100% true, in fact, my dad didn't put everything in that book that he could have because some of it would have probably got him in a little bit of trouble. Uh, I hope he's writing a, you know, posthumous section <laughs> addendum to the book because there's some other fucking stories that are... Honestly, unbelievable, but they happen. They really genuinely, everything that's in the book is 100% true. So um, if you're into adventures and that sort of stuff, just, just buy that book. I know it's $25 or whatever, but it's worth it. And I'm not saying it because it's my dad. I mean, that book was a mission to write because my dad writes phonetic English with no grammar or punctuation. Um, I actually paid my personal editor to like edit it. And I believe it broke her. This was a woman that would argue with me for four, five emails, about two, three pages per email about a breath comma or split infinitives, which I still don't know what they are and I don't care. And I will use breath commas, breath pause commas at, at will. Um, anyway, after she finished editing my dad's book, she just didn't work again <laughs> as an editor, I believe. And my dad and... The book, the finished edited book, still required me to read it and edit it some more because she had missed things like normal random spelling, basic grammar. She had, by the end of the book, she was broken. It had killed this woman, I think. So, you know, it wasn't 
easy to, to, to put together, but once it was finished, it's written in a very simple English that anybody can, can grasp. And I swear to God, I read that book in two days straight. You know, I was like, and I was working, you know, I had a full-on life, but, and I didn't read it from two days straight because it was my dad's book. I knew all the stuff that's happening there. I was there for like at least half of it, if not more, um, just because it's so well-written. It really genuinely is a very, you know, my dad's a naturally talented writer. He writes in a way that like, you know, it's very easy for people to access. Um, unfortunately, his marketing skills are even worse than mine. So, the book hasn't sold much, but it's great. Every, I, I don't know a single person that's. I, I know most most of the people that bought one probably, and everyone that's read it is like, "This is awesome." Is he writing another one? So, life and death in Africa, Filotto. Go look it up. Petro Rocha says he's a mechanical engineer that builds neat stuff for fun, such as flamethrowers, high-powered mobility scooters, underground bunkers, etc. No, apparently he's not a mechanical engineer. He's a plumber. In that flying hoverbike, he says, not bad for a guy who doesn't have an engineering degree at all. He's a plumber. J.C. Michael says, hail Kurgan. Hello, Michael. Petro Rocha. I think he built a jetpack or a bike that lifts off. Anyway, Mr. Kurgan, do you have a CNC machine, lathe, forge, or 3D printer? I have a metal lathe, yeah. Um, a forge, I don't have, but I've got a book that was very expensive to get here. It was over $100 with customs and stuff. But it's a book that teaches you how to build a forge, and then how to build a lathe, and how to build a, a milling machine using that forge. So. You know, if the apocalypse really hits, I will build the forge. But until it actually hits, I'm gonna see if I can just make a bit of money and like buy a finished lathe like I've got. I've got the finished lathe, I just haven't set it up yet. I've done the lathe table for it. Um, I'm waiting for the electrician to set up a good system of lighting because where I've put that is in one of the little chalets, I'm gonna convert it to a workshop. And um, I need better lighting in there basically. I don't have a 3D printer. When they first came out, I got uh, I got chipped by a Kickstarter, by the way, who they, they were gonna produce a 3D printer that would work off your phone or something. $130 later, never saw a penny of that stuff. And people were like cursing them throughout the Kickstarter. Uh, just a bunch of you know fraudulent scum that stole money. And you can hold me to that if I don't get you that gasifier. I am gonna get it done. I don't know how long, you know, I've, I've got a timeline that I've set myself. Hopefully I can get it all done by then, but I, I want to do a good project. You know, I want to do a good thing. So uh, my intention here is not just to run off with the money. That's just not how I'm built. But um, I didn't used to believe in 3D printers, but the, the latest ones, you know, they've obviously kept improving them and improving them. A 3D printer would probably be a cool thing, but that would be... Uh, I'm running out of space. Like my wife yesterday was like, we need more space. And you know, I'm I'm actually so happy I'm gonna tell you guys this, which I haven't really told anybody except my pretty much intimate family, but fifth child on the way. So in December, hopefully just before Christmas, we're gonna have another girl. Um, we were all kind of hoping we'd be a boy to give the little Viking a brother, but 
we all kind of knew it was going to be a girl, <laughs> and uh, and it was. It is a girl. Um, so hopefully everything goes well because you know uh, you can never. I I don't like talking about this stuff until the, the child's actually sort of born and there. But yeah, and um, she was telling me we're out of space. We need more space, and we've got a pretty big house, but. You know, I've, I have plans to build an extension on it, but again, money. I don't even have a tractor yet, and I'm thinking about extension of the house. But um, if we... The extension of the house wouldn't really help with any of that stuff, because what the extension would be is like two more rooms. This office would end up becoming a walk-in cupboard and like a through passage. The window that's over there would get knocked out and would build um, a big study, a man-sized study for me with a glass cupola so that I can set up my telescope and I can see the sky. And in fact, there might even be a cupola that opens so that I don't have the glass disturbing me when it's a nice summer's day. And beyond that, um, another bedroom for the kids um, you know we, we've, we're getting too many kids and like stacking them on top of each other lager style is you know, people are like do you really have to have three bunk beds and then another three next to it and then they just have a narrow passage I'm like shut up you know they eat every day at least once a day <laughs> no but um, yeah I want to do a little extension to the house but the thing is, my workshops stuff, and if I get all the machinery I want, I'm going to have to buy next door because he's got a proper, like, full-on workshop that's like, you know, good 15 meters by 10 or something like that. Enough to fit in your tractors, you know, not big enough to build your airship, but the gondola and, you know, the, the working parts, that sort of thing, yes. You probably have to fill it up just outside, you know, that's fine. Farmer Grady says, this article is mostly about hydraulic accumulators that do the same thing, but a gravity battery could be a lot simpler at home. Uh, I'm not sure if Farmer Grady can put the link. I don't see a link. Freeze dry the food to save on weight. Yep. Remote region like the ice cream frosty fantasy land down south. No, um, this is uh, not Antarctica. Uncle Sam and his pals are very twitchy about that. Admiral Bird wrote some nice stuff about it. Yes, I know all about Antarctica. I even know where at least one of the Nazi bases is. There's a guy who wrote some very good stuff on it. I've got a bunch of books. Um, written on it as well, but there's a guy who's actually figured it out. I uh, can't remember his name. And uh, it's a bird sanctuary. Apparently, th th this is very common, to have bird sanctuaries all over the place where they don't want you to go. It's a bird sanctuary up like the side of a mountain in Antarctica. And the, you know, like, what? Why? So, yeah. Cordell Mitchell, hello Cordell, says, heart tank is also lightweight and calorie dense. Look, it's... 10 days 
round trip, call it 15 days, you know. If you don't eat for two weeks, you're not going to die. As long as you've got water and some salt and stuff, you're fine. You're fine. Plus, if one of the other guys gets weak, well, then you've got all the meat you need, right? <laughs> I mean, you can fish from an airship, right? You just drop some lines as you go and you'll catch something. So, Michael P. says, water from frozen water, food from flightless swimming birds. It'll be fine. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that reminds me, the little one, our, our littlest one before the new one comes. She's hilarious, man. She's like, um, she had a, a plane trip recently, so she was like, don't like it, mommy. Don't like it. Stop the fish. <laughs> she calls planes fish because it looks like a big fish. Stop the fish. It's just, every time I think of it, it just cracks me up. She comes up with beautiful ones every day. Hey, Kurgan and gang. Oh, Backstabber. Hello, Backstabber. Congrats with the crowdfunding projects going smooth. Yes, Backstabber. By the way, I need to chase that other thing, Backstabber. I will. I will. I was thinking about it today and then I got busy again. But yeah. Oli Sandok says, Life and Death in Africa is hilarious. There you go. Thank you. Thank you. Somebody who's read the book knows what I'm talking about. Pedro Rocha says, Oh, my mistake then. Uh, no, no, no worries. Woolly Ram, the plumbers shall inherit the earth. Look, dude, indoor plumbing, it's a close second to uh, alternating current. Indoor plumbing and alternating current. Tesla. Tesla was the man. I don't care what anybody says. He's my favorite human that ever lived. Yeah, aside from Jesus, and I, I qualify that because you know Jesus is God, so just gonna put that in a different category. As far as human beings go, Tesla. Holy Shandlick says, Congratulations. Paul Nugent says, Congrats, Kurgan Godspeed. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate your uh, congratulations and help. Uh, Willie Rams, do you give any credence for Antarctica being where some ancient Nephilim were? chained by God and congratulations on the new book I don't know um, I told you guys I'm a very hardcore Catholic but not a very good Catholic I haven't read the whole Old Testament the whole Bible let's say in any kind of detail um, so I'm not sure where that whole thing about the Nephilim comes from. I have read people that are Protestants argue about it somewhat convincingly. Eh, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I don't, I don't really care. You know, unless, again, let, let's say I had a billion dollars, euro, yen, you know, no, not yen, no, pounds, whatever, tomorrow. Let's say 10 billion, fuck it. Let's say 100 billion of actual money, not, not just like, you know, ticket taking fake money. What would I do with it? Well, build anti-gravity machines, go and check out the moon, Mars, all that stuff. Build a whole bunch of Zeppelins, because if you're not turning an anti-gravity machine, you know, if you're like somebody that's not uh, safe enough to have an anti-gravity machine, you can have a Zeppelin, right? 
Because you, you can't blow up the whole planet with an anti-gravity machine. I mean, with a, with a Zeppelin, you can with an anti-gravity machine. So all the idiots get Zeppelins, everybody else gets anti-gravity machines. So I, I'll be busy, like, checking out just the solar system. You know, I, I would keep myself to this solar system and Tau Ceti, just because I've got a thing for Tau Ceti. Again, one of the other little games I used to play, where you had to build this little ship, not, not ship, like a land rover, like a ground rover that you could only put in certain things like the compass but then we figured out you don't need the compass because the starlight the the sequence of stars in the game actually stayed as it was so you could orient yourself using the stars you didn't need the compass and then you you know you only had so much weight you could put inside this little rover to go and do the missions and that was called Tau City 2 I think so I'm gonna go check out Tau City just because I'm curious and Possibly Epsilon Eridani and stuff, you know, just a few, okay, okay, well, just, just quick trips. But let's say I did all that, and the Zeppelins. Uh, Antarctica would be like, I think I'd want to go and find the white city in the, in the Amazon first. All the Nazi bases in, in South America. I definitely, it's definitely on the list, but it's like, it's cold, man. It's, it's really cold. I don't like the cold. But yeah, and plus I'm not exactly sure where to go look for it. Well, I'm more familiar with like sweaty jungles. It's, that's my thing. So I'd be happy hacking away through, you know, I don't like the mosquitoes, whatever. But, you know, if I'm a billionaire, I'll invent some kind of little anti-gravity shield that like, keeps the mozzies out of my, my hair. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, definitely up there, but i uh, kind of done it a bit too much to death in terms of theoretical, you know, where it is. And I don't want to spend a huge amount of time in the cold looking for it. Uh, Pedro Rocha, another project that also might be interesting looking is a thermal battery using a metal beam buried on the ground with a sterling engine on top and a water tank on top. Well, I'm trying to go through my old files because Thomas Bearden was talking about how you can get electricity by just putting a copper tube in the ground and lifting it a meter off the ground. That creates some kind of potential energy. I don't know. It's stuff I read a long time ago. And uh, at that time, I definitely didn't have any means to, to do any of this stuff. So I just filed it away in the back of my head and kept the file. But now I have to go through every computer that died and whatever I've like saved all the documents and you know there's like thousands of the things spread and I, I remember by my filing system is very organic so it's like oh yeah I remember that file is in this folder because of this you know nobody else can figure it out and then I did a kind of a clean sweep at one point to not get rid of double documents so now some of those folders are empty and then I'm kind of like what? But it was there, and but there's like four versions of this empty folder because only one of them has the files in it. It's just... Get me that billion, guys, so that I have time to do all this stuff. If I didn't have to like do any work to earn any money, then I'd be on top of it all. I could do all these projects. Pedro says the daily temperature variation creates a differential between the ground, almost at constant temperature of 16 degrees Celsius, which makes the Stirling engine go brrr. Maybe some future Kickstarter, since I think you'll need pumps to fill up the airship. Indeed. Farmer Grady says, my armchair research on thermal batteries 
lean me towards insulated water tank or current geothermal as most accessible to the handyman. For industrial thermal batteries, molten salt or glass. Well, that's not easy to do because even with the forge that this guy's book told, tells you about building, like metal, I think, melts, um, certain metals anyway, melt at a lower temperature than glass does. I mean, glass melt, I left a little bottle inside a fire that we started to like, you know, burn some of the trash. Well, old wood and like just weeds and stuff. And I left this little bottle in, inside there because I knew it would melt. It does. You know, eventually the coal gets hot enough and overnight it'll, it'll melt. But to, I've, I've been, one of the things I wanted to do, if I ever do build a forge, one of the first things I'm going to do is try and build a, a glass sphere. I don't know why. I want a glass orb. Okay, it doesn't matter. I just want one. And then, again, if I had endless time, you know the Venetians used to put little, they had like super secret formula for coloring glass, Murano glass. There were people that, they would kill you if you like, you know, try to discover their, their secret of how to get proper red, ruby red or blue or whatever, because it was like alchemy basically. And if you, um, you know, if you learned this, this secret, you could go and do it yourself, or you could give it to another competing glass manufacturer. So people got assassinated for the color of glass. So I want to learn how to do that. Well, I've been going for over an hour, but I am enjoying today. So tell you what, you guys shoot some questions about whatever you want. And I'll try and answer them. 16 hardcore Kurganites still here. Immortals. While I eat my grapes. <clears throat> so, if you boys have any questions about anything, comments, stuff you want to talk about, let me know. Otherwise, if, uh, if you're all had enough, I'll, uh, I'll call it a night. Oh, well, guess what, boys and girls? While we're doing the stream, we hit the first uh, stretch goal. So we will be also doing the uh, connection to the, the mains of the house. We're going to figure out how to do that, and that's going to be part of the information we uh, we give out. That's pretty cool that, we, that happened while we were talking. Speaking of glass in Venice, I recall Vox mentioning glass knives or daggers once. What is that about? <laughs> One of the very first comments, because I, I started commenting on Vox's blog, and he was pretty um, responsive to my comments because, you know, we've got sort of similar way of thinking about stuff. I can't remember what it was. Uh, I think, you know, it was the early stages of, like, full-blown SJW stuff, and I made a comment, something like, well, I don't know about you, but my instinct would be to bury a hatchet in these people's heads. And he goes, yes, that's a good instinct to have. But of course, you know, you can't do it because it causes a bunch of problems. I'm like, yes, I know. But, you know, there's other ways. And then he found out I was Venetian. And he was like, ah, glass daggers. 
because a glass knife will break in you and uh, it's just nastier if you think about it and also you can't really trace the, the metal right it's glass <laughs> it's like doesn't exactly have a fingerprint to it you know while metal can be recognized in those days if you had a forger that would make swords you would usually sign them or his methodology would, would be known his style would be known but a glass dagger he just snap it into somebody's neck walk away <laughs> yep um, Sam Werb says, hello everyone, just dropped in, hail Kurgan, hello Sam. Polingen says, thank you for the stream and sharing your thoughts. You're most welcome, Paul. If I'm not wrong, I think Paul was one of the early, uh, early backers. So, yeah, I am uh, very impressed with you guys. We've hit stretch goal one, what time is it now? Midnight. And when did this start? Something like that. So in less than 12 hours, I think. I think in about 10 hours, we fit stretch goal number one. So I'm, I'm thinking there's a good chance we're going to hit stretch goal number two. Um, and just so you know, Stretch goal number two, that means that anybody who contributed 100 euro or more will also get an SEO badge posted to them by standard mail at no extra cost. And we'll, we'll see if we can't do a little bit more for the guys who, you know, put in more money because there's, um, there's a 500 euro pledge which will give you two hours of Skype with me going over your own build to troubleshoot any errors you might be having to. And you can do it up to 30 minute um, slots but we'll see if we can't lower that range you know maybe we'll drop that to like I don't know 300 but I have to limit that because you know two hours of my time um, is is a lot of time that I'm away from other things so I, I have to limit the number of those available but maybe I should drop the, the price I don't know we'll, we'll, we'll see we'll give it another day or two and then um, probably send out a little bit of an update uh, Paul says Paul Ingrian says I apologize you have me mistaken for another Paul I probably do mate I'm uh, absolutely useless with names faces I never forget but names eh eh <laughs> Wooly Ram says good night Kurgan and Godspeed with Kickstarter and the farm thank you Pedro Rocha says, well, it's been a pleasure listening to you, fine gentlemen, but I'll be going. Good night, everyone. See you next time. God bless you all. Same to you, Pedro, and thanks for your contributions and comments. Sam says, keep working on the Kurganet and other city states. A study came out recently that has reported that the Amish population in America has more than doubled since 2020. Oh, I know that. I'm going to keep pushing the, the city thing because there are other things afoot happening that I'm not going to discuss but let's just say that my little crusaders are uh, having an impact on the world that is quite uh, quite interesting 
Um, there is one of the one of the new crusaders who's made an offer on moving here on on a place to move here. The other guys are uh, seriously looking at it. There's there's more than one person that is seriously looking at property right next to me. Um, so it's going to happen. It's just a matter of time. It, it's not an if. It's a when. It will happen. The Kurganet is happening. So there's guys that live here already that I'm like very good mates with now and uh, we're on the same wavelength of pretty much everything um, so yeah it's, it, it is gonna happen you know just because I don't always talk about it I tend to prefer to like tell you stuff when I've achieved it when it's done when it's really there and you can see it but it, it's easy to talk you know like as they say bullshit walks money talks but uh, this is not even money it's like what is this Oh, that's a stink bug. Damn stink bug. So, um, it, it is happening, guys. It's not a, it's not a pipe dream. And we'll see. You know, if um, if this Kickstarter goes well, it could become a much bigger thing. We'll, we'll see. There's there's other Kickstarters that are connected to this because once again, I tend to not just do one thing in isolation, but they're I'm starting to connect all my various things in, in you know now that I've got a base that I'm here that I'm not keep in mind I'm I'm gonna be 53 soon uh, and I have moved uh, 54 53 or 54 times I forget I need to check that number um, I think I moved 54 times so that's more than one a year for my whole life you know and now that I'm sort of settled I'm getting this place to to a level that I'm almost comfortable with it. And that's just the house because, you know, I've got an extension to do on the house. Like I've said, I've, the fields have gone to shit because I, I was sick for like four months, you know, between the COVID and the pneumonia. So I'm behind on a lot of stuff, but, um, and my crusaders have abandoned me for fairer shores for certain periods of time. So, um, but there's there's new guys that are volunteering to come and help and do stuff so it is happening it's just just takes time you know a little bit of patience but for this kind of stuff i'm very patient i i'm not a patient man generally but i realized that the mention of this project is huge and the other thing is that um the um the historian um oh what's his name Oh, no, I have this book downstairs. The guy who wrote God's Battalions and How the West Won, which, once again, I can't believe his name escapes me right now. But anyway, he's, um, he's explained how religions spread like wildfire by people talking to and converting their friends and family and just acting in the basis of their religion then that's how catholicism spread like wildfire because it works and it's true so you know i'm not very good at proselytizing um in person just because i'm very busy with my own stuff so i don't have time to go out to to, to meet people and talk to them whatever but rodney start that's it thank you Willie Ren. so but I, the books that I've written have definitely converted, like I said, over 100 people. So I feel pretty pleased that Believe has had such an impact. 
And then for those people who want to go deeper because maybe they've got a Protestant background or they think that Vacantism is just some crazy schismatics or the Orthodox Church is, is correct. There's, you know, the reclaiming the Catholic Church that's 530 pages of undisputed, undeniable, limpid crystal arguments for Vacantism that no one has been able to refute. No one. Literally, every single argument that can come up against Vacantism has been addressed in that book and there has been zero comeback, no response. It's just, you know, there's a, a couple of sophists that have tried to say, but you said in this particular chapter on this point, and it's like irrelevant. You know, you just like, if you look at the argument, I've argued the argument. You're, you're not arguing the argument. You're trying to say that there's like, this sentence could be interpreted that, you know, sophism basically. Um, and it's very simply written, so it's not difficult to get, but, um, yeah. I suggest you, you know, if you're interested in that sort of stuff, instead of Vacantism, Catholicism, why Catholicism is the only one true church, pick up Believe, it's 10 bucks, and, and it's a two-hour read, and it's a very quick read, it's like 98 pages, of relatively big type, and yet it had the most impact. And then, if you're one of the guys that wants to know all the details, Get to reclaiming the Catholic Church. That's 530 pages with information in there you've never seen anywhere else. Detailed references, plenty of references, enough references that you're going to be like, I can't argue this anymore. <laughs> so look it up. Sam Werb says, I know, I know, Amish, but food for thought. Yeah. The thing that I saw about the Amish, though, is they, they recently find an Amish guy because he was selling his own food at some market fair or something. And they find him like heavy, like 50 or 150 grand or something like the federal government. Um, so, yeah. And I, also, I think the Amish don't have guns. I'm not sure. Um, but, yeah, it's... Scary stuff, man. Scary days. Holy Ram says legalistic pill pull doesn't change reality. Yep, it doesn't. But how can anyone look at Bergoglio's face and see him as a Catholic? He's not. He's, he's a he's a full-blown Satanist. I mean, you know, a lot of people don't know any of this stuff. But like, he literally got given a stang. I don't know if you know what a stang is. It's it's a satanic fake cross it's a stang it looks like a cross but you know as usual they have all their symbolism and it's like a cross with like a bent thing and he was given this stang which is not a staff with a cross on top it's a stang it's a demonic fucking satanic rod of power by two lesbians at a public ceremony now how can that be catholic <laughs> it's like really <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, guys, um, I've been going for probably almost two hours, I think. I really thank you all, all those of you that have contributed to the to the Kickstarter, and those of you that maybe can't afford to or not interested. Copy the link, put it on your social media, put it to your friends, because look, you know somebody else might use it, somebody else might need it, some of your friends might want to do it, and the thing is. I just want people to have options. Um, 
I don't really care if you're from like Texas or buttfuck nowhere Appalachia or you know even if you're from Australia um, um, as long as you're one of the good guys I want you to make it I want you to like be able to like do your stuff you know um, yeah I know that like he smiled when he received the sickle and hammer crucifix yeah exactly so spread the word because again it's the kurganate is not about me you know it's called the kurganate because it's, it keeps away the, the people that don't get it and they think oh he's so arrogant and i don't want these people around me anyway and the people that do get it like um you know with this good really good friends in england that like they met this lady at church who knew of me and she's like oh yeah you know that guy he's like he's our buddy and she's like what He's such an arrogant prick. And pretty much all the people that were in the church, they just burst out laughing because they know me. And they're like, you know, actually, yeah, we know why you think that. But actually, if you spend some time with him, he's actually one of the most humble people you, you meet, you know, which is, it was nice to for somebody to relay that to me and tell me that. But, um, you know, that's kind of why. And I mean, I didn't pick the name the Kurgan. It was given to me, you know. And it's like it's like the Red Indian thing, you know. It was given to me by the people that used to like read Vox's blog, the, the Red Ilk. And you know, Vox is a Red Indian. That's how the tribe names you. I don't know if you guys know, but the Red Indians got a name like because of what other people looked to them and called them. If you if you guys saw like. Uh, Dances with Wolves, that became his name, right? Because he was like playing around with the wolf. And then the, the white lady that became a slave, whatever that was kidnapped, she just like stands with a fist because she like knocked somebody out and it was like, I'm going to give you another one. <laughs> so, and they named me the Kurgan because I've got that handsome look, you know, except for the uh, safety pins because uh, a bit better than what they tried to portray me in that bad bad slanderous film libelous film and uh, my sunny disposition and uh, easygoing nature you know plus I've probably met some woman called Candy somewhere along the line uh, please show the Kickstarter link again okay uh, let me go to it Let's see where I'm uh, there it is you know if uh, if you're on Telegram, there is uh, the Kurgan view. Um, oh, I'm not sure that I've copied the thing properly. I'm just sorry. Let me just do that again. Okay, somebody please do me a favor and click on this link. Just let me know it's working. Francis, it's not Francis, his name is Bergoglio. Jorge, Jorge, Jorge Bergoglio. Jorge Bergoglio, it's fine. You can call him Jorge, it's, it's, it's fine. Frank, don't call him Francis. Was doing some pagan stuff here in Edmonton doing some sort of smudge mass and glorifying the traditions of pagan Amerindians. I know, he had the Pachamama, which is actually a demon. It's a demon thing on the altar. You know, it, it's like absolute blasphemy. 
nothing should be on the altar. It's like absolutely blasphemous and, and disrespectful. Uh, thank you, Michael, for telling me the link works. Thank you, Oli. There you go. Sam, there's the link. But the link is also at the bottom of this video. So, you know what? On the description for this video, once the stream ends, if you go there, there's the link to the Kickstarter as well. Um, okay, guys, I've, I've had a really, really good time with you all here. So, thank you for, um, you know, being here, shooting the shit with me. And uh, I hope we hit the stretch goal number two, because then we can do a whole bunch of cooler stuff and make sure that the, the project is absolutely awesome. And then it will give us a chance to, to do other interesting projects. Now, I'm not saying we're going to do the Zeppelin right away, but if we have enough of you, like, you know, interested, if you keep spreading the word, the next Kickstarter could be a prototype. Zeppelin, a little one, you know. I'm sure the little Viking would love it. His mother would probably not let me like put him in the Zeppelin, but you know, we can talk about that. Anyway, um, thank you all very much. I wish you all a very, very good night and an absolutely blessed life. And may you all soon, if you're not already, convert to Sedevacantism, proper Catholicism, that is. I know, I know, it's grating against some of you Protestants that were brainwashed from birth, but trust me, it is the one true path. Matthias, Matthias says, great, thanks to you, thank Kurgan. Thank you all, honestly, thank you guys, I really appreciate it. Have a good evening, all of you, and God bless you.